Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to The Best Guest Podcast. Today, we're welcoming brand and website designer Liz Rochester Shaddock to the show. Liz specializes in delivering professional, bespoke, and highly converting websites in 30 days. Now, Liz and I are in the same coaching program, and I asked her to join me on the podcast today to talk about how you can go about creating a brand and a decent website for your business and why they're so important. As we've talked about before, when you start pitching podcasts to be a guest, if a host is interested in having you on the podcast, one of the first things they're going to do is look you up online and you want to make sure that you're creating a good impression. So that's what we're going to delve into today. Welcome to the best guest, Liz. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Now, you founded your business, Bit2Flash, when you were at university. How did that come about? Yeah, so um, I was studying multimedia at Anglia Ruskin University, and um, it covered everything from graphic design, website design, video technology, sound technology. And whilst I was studying, I found that um, I had a lot of spare time. So I started up a business and I found a few clients. So I was creating logos and websites. And back in the Back in those days, um, Flash was a program that we used to create websites. It's not used anymore, but so that's where the name Bit2 Flash comes from, um, from the Flash <laughs> element, which which you don't really use anymore. <laughs> it kind of went out the window. Well, that's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's it stands out, and I am a Bit2 Flash, so <laughs> it works on that level as well. That's very enterprising, especially at that age, I think, that you thought, oh, I'll start my own business now while I'm studying. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I've always kind of liked doing entrepreneurial things. Me and my brother had a vegetable stall outside our house when we were little and (laughs) just like enjoy that sort of entrepreneur side of things. So creating a business for myself has always sort of been on the cards. Have you always worked for yourself? So I worked for myself and then um, my mum told me I needed to get a proper job. (laughs) So I went and actually worked for a company who did training people to become nail technicians. And within that company, I did, I was the creative director there. So I worked on the branding for the business, their website, email marketing, product development, kind of anything graphical that was my department that was really fun I worked there for about seven years and then when I had my first daughter I then decided to start working for myself again so I could be a bit more flexible with time and absolutely you know how it is I do. <laughs> yeah they're not at school yet are they your children so my one my first daughter she's at school she's just started and then I've got a baby who's one so he's at home you have your hands full then yes definitely <laughs> I don't know about you, but I remember thinking, oh, when they go to school, I'm going to have so much time. And actually, you forget that the school days, it's quite short. It's very short. It's definitely helpful, I find, anyway, to, to have that flexibility. I think if I'm busy, I can do a bit before they get up, do the chunk when they're at school. 
and work on if necessary you can always be there but I did discover during lockdown that there's it's just impossible to work when they're around so I just thought well when they're here I just devote myself to them and then when they're not I can crack on with work it's surprising how quickly they grow up actually and then they don't need your attention all the time and my daughter's 10 and I can get away with the mornings for sure in the holidays I look forward to that (laughs) so I regularly have conversations with business owners who are interested in getting booked as guests on podcasts and we talk about the importance of looking professional you know your branding and having a decent website because when you pitch to be a guest on a podcast the first thing if someone's interested they'll look you up so you want to make make a good impression so I wondered if you could talk about you know when you're creating branding for clients what you look at why it's important Yeah, okay. So it's really important to stand out from the crowd and you need to work on the foundation of your business brand before you even start thinking about colours and fonts and all the fun stuff that everyone just wants to rush into. So what I mean by the foundation is um, working out your vision and mission what your business values are. And then that's the sort of like foundation of everything that's going to come later. And also really important is to have a clear understanding of who your ideal client is, who you want to work with, because if you try marketing to everyone, you're not actually going to be marketing to anyone because you're just going to be so generic and you'll just find it really difficult. So if you've really got a clear understanding of who it is that you want to work with, then everything that you create your brand it's just going to speak to that client and they're going to think wow yeah this person knows me they get me that's who I want to work with so I have a bit of an analogy for what branding is and I compare it to hosting a party so it's my brand party idea so when you host a party there's lots of things around it that you need to think about it's not just I'm going to have a party and that's it I get my clients to think about their business as if it was a party. You need to think about what kind of party you're going to have. Is it like a 40th birthday, children's party or um, a rave, for example? And those those types of parties are all very different. Same with businesses. They're all very different and they're all going to cater to different people. So once you've kind of worked out what your party is or what your business is, then you need to think about who you're going to invite to the party. And that is who your ideal client is. If it was a children's party, you're not going to put out China plates and and have, I don't know, music from the 60s playing because that's really not going to cater for those children. They're going to be bored and disinterested. That's so true. So it's really the same for your business as well. You need to make sure your, your services and your products and your offerings are catering to the people that you want them to be interested in your business. Then it goes on like what you wear to your party you want to stand out if it's your say it's your 40th birthday party you don't just want to get something from the high street that someone else could potentially be wearing you want to look amazing and stand out from the crowd so then you want to hire a professional designer to make your dress or your logo and brand yeah and then the venue so that I compare that to your website when people arrive at your party you need to make sure that they know they're at the right place they need to know where to leave gifts why have a party if you're not getting a present yeah (laughs) the same with like your website when they arrive on your website you want to make sure they know where to leave their email address and that gift or where they need to make the purchase or book book with you or whatever it is that you want them to do so that's sort of like your your main call to action and then when they're at your party you just want to give them the best experience ever so that they talk about you to their friends and talk about this party that they've had 
such an amazing time. And that is branding. And that is, there's a quote, branding isn't what you say it is, it's what they say it is. And it's an experience that you're giving to people. That is what branding is. It's not, it's not your logo and your font colours, fonts and colours. It's, it's that experience that people feel and then tell people about. Your own branding is really good. Could you talk about that? Yeah. So for, for me, when I work with my clients, I play a game and it's called If My Brand Were. And it's kind of driven from the um, party idea. So if my brand were a party, what kind of party would it be? So for me, my brand party would be an elegant dinner party where everyone's sat around, they've got nice table settings, people can talk and I can listen. And it's not like loud music where I can't hear what they're saying because I want to be able to hear and listen to my clients and find out exactly what it is about them that and their business to be able to create their website or their branding. So that's my party. And then from there, we go and say, if my brand were an animal, what would it be? And the idea is to get people to think outside the box by thinking about your business as something else, not just whatever it is that you do, because you can kind of get a bit tunnel vision if you're just thinking about, say you're a social media manager or something, and all you ever think about is social media manager, and that's it. If you start thinking outside of that box and start thinking, oh, if my business were an animal, what would it be? Then that sort of brings up new descriptive words and gets you thinking about your business in a completely different way. And it's just a fun way of trying to get ideas. That's really creative. I like that. So it's quite fun. I run workshops, branding workshops, where I get maybe four business owners and they all come together. And it's four hours dedicated on working on your foundation work. And then we play these games at the end to get you thinking. And when we get to like, uh, if my brand were a drink, what would it be? We get some quite <laughs> funny answers. <laughs> There's a, a lot of porn star martinis. <laughs> so for me, my brand, my drink, um, if my brand were a drink, it would be champagne. I can see that that fits. Yeah, it's celebratory. It's got a lot of fizz and sparkle. And that's what I'm all about. And then at the end, when it's all done, we celebrate. It's a nice way to get you thinking outside the box. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good plan. As you mentioned, the venue is really important to your website. What are the key elements to a good website, would you say? Obviously, your website is potentially the first experience that someone can have with your business. So you need to make sure that when they land, they're getting the best impression because you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression, as they say. When they arrive, it needs to be really clear what it is that you do straight away. You've got about seven seconds to make that first impression for people. That's not long. No, it's not long <laughs> at all. So if they come onto your site and just if all they see is just a picture at the top that doesn't really tell what you do, then they're not really going to know what it is and could potentially click off and go somewhere else. So you need to make it really clear what it is that you do from that opening paragraph um, you want to take your customers on a journey and make it clear to them what it is that you want them to do and where, where you want them to go. People are generally quite lazy and want to be told what to do and just make that, that journey a lot quicker and easier. And they just want to find the information as quickly as possible. That's, that's the main thing. So my top things to have on your website is, as I said, an opening clear paragraph at the top so people come on, they can see exactly what it is that you do straight away. Potentially, you could have a video there as well because 
videos really big at the minute and if people don't are not interested in reading but they've got time to watch a video but if you do have a video then I'd always recommend having subtitles on there as well people watch videos on the train when they can't listen or so any spoken word on a video then make sure you've got subtitles on there that's true I often watch things on my phone Instagram or reels or something maybe when the children are going to sleep you definitely can't have the volume up if you can't see captions it's really frustrating you have no idea what's going on (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah it really helps I think people are getting used to that now to having subtitles so you want a clear strong call to action so that people know what to do I had a customer who'd created her own website she asked me to take a look at it and the first thing um, I noticed was I didn't know how to contact her she she was a photographer and um, she wanted people to be phoning and booking with her, but there was no clear call to action or no contact details. <laughs> so really important that you make sure that you've got that clear call to action and it stands out amongst the rest of the website page. Speaking of photographers, I would recommend having professional photography if you can. It just makes makes the website. If, I've, if I'm working with a client and they've had professional photography done, it just it just makes the website look a million times better than taking something on their phone. Like I know phones are really good these days, but um, if you've got professional photography, it just is a lot better. I agree. I had some professional photos done at the end of last year with Catherine Berry. She helped me with so much more than just taking the photos. It was, she told me what to wear because it's not always the most comfortable thing to be photographed. I don't know what you find, but it's worth it and if you have a photographer who knows what they're doing you know they can help you definitely and again it's all part of your branding the way you look and the way you come across so what you wear yes the colors and then the right backgrounds to go with those colors and they can be helpful as well as your website you can repurpose them on your social media can't you as well so then it all I guess that's part of the branding yeah it's great to work with a professional photographer because they'll do a whole library of images that you can just use here there and everywhere and it's definitely worth worth the investment I would say also really important is to make sure that your website is mobile friendly um if you're working on the website yourself um or a professional is doing it then it really does need to be designed mobile first a lot of people spend a lot of time designing the website on the computer but actually I was looking at statistics this morning and from as of February 2022, it's over 50% of the total website visits are now on mobiles over desktops. I do so much on my mobile and you expect to be able to, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So if people are going on your mobile phone and having to pinch to look at stuff or um, things are out of alignment or it just doesn't work on a mobile phone, then, then you're going to lose customers potentially. And also the final point of my top five things you should keep your content fresh and regularly update it I know people have like website on their to-do list (laughs) for years and then once it's done and live you kind of think oh thank god that's done but that's just the beginning really you need to keep it updated keep content fresh and so when people are coming back to your site they're seeing new stuff and it's not all out of date back in January um, I challenged my audience on Instagram to um, go on their website and go through and remove anything that was out of date from the previous year updating photos on the homepage, removing like offers for Christmas get rid of it in January because otherwise it just looks really bad and it does you're right and even um 
if you've got a blog on your website, make sure that that's updated because if you've just got a blog from 2019, people might come onto your website and and think, are, are these people even still in business if they haven't updated their site? It's important to make sure that you're updating the site regularly. I was talking to an author this week and before our conversation, I went onto his website and had a look. You know, it was last updated by the looks of it in 2020, you know, book coming soon, 2020. And I thought maybe he's not writing anymore. He just hadn't updated it when I spoke to him. It doesn't give the best impression if it's not up to date, does it? Exactly, yeah. You're saying that I'm thinking I need to go through my blog and check it too. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's always good to do, but I know it's always at the bottom of the list of things, but it's important if you want if you want to make that good impression on customers and, and for them to know that you're actually still in business, then make sure you, you're keeping up to date. So is there anything else you would say not to do? Don't overcomplicate your website is what I'd say. Keep it simple. People don't have a lot of time to be scrolling and scrolling through information or trying to find that where to contact you or that little bit of information that's relevant. So don't overcomplicate it. Keep it clean and clear and make those call to actions really stand out um, amongst the text. If you can use um, for your call to action like buttons, make sure that they're a contrasting colour so they really stand out on the page. Don't use too many fonts and colours. Stick to your branding. So um, I'd recommend having brand guidelines that you stick to with probably a maximum of two, maybe three fonts, just as a maximum, but use them consistently throughout the page. Colours similar, don't try and use the whole rainbow. Stick to maybe three colours with a couple of accent colours and then um, some neutrals, but yeah, don't don't go mad on colours. Don't use too many technical terms and jargon words that people won't understand because that can put people off if they don't understand what you're talking about. When you're doing your website, you know your business and you may underestimate how much other people don't know about what you're doing. So you've always got to think about your website and the content from the client's point of view. They need to be at the forefront. So going back to what we said about knowing your ideal client, you need to understand what they know and what they would expect seeing when they come to your website. So make sure that they're always at the forefront and think about would they understand what I'm talking about here if I write this technical term. It's so easy to make assumptions, isn't it? I use the term repurposing with podcast interview a couple of days ago and somebody stopped me and said sorry what do you mean and it's just a term that we use so much repurpose your interview but because I didn't say repurpose your interview into a blog post turning into a social media post that kind of thing but you just because it's part of your everyday language you don't question it it's good to get people to test the website perhaps if you've got some customers or friends who are potentially your ideal client get them to have a look at your website, get an outsider to have a look, and then they can pick up on things like that. I don't know what that means. As we said before about professional photography, don't use low lighting photography or bad quality, low resolution. It's not very professional. A major pet hate of mine is when I see people have an image with text over the top. You can have it, but make sure that it's in a clear space because... I just find if you have an image in the background and text on the top, it's really difficult to read the text and it's really difficult to see the image. 
behind just make sure that if you've got an image it's got like nice clear area where you can put some text and it goes together nicely rather than on top of each other where you can't see either very well don't be afraid of white space as well on your website I know some people feel like every every inch of the screen needs to be filled but it doesn't and it allow people to have um, space to be able to see what you're saying it just makes it a lot easier on the eye to read if there's space around it you offer a service where you build a website in 30 days how does that work um, I found in the past, sometimes websites can drag on and on and on and people have it on their web, on their to-do list forever. And I want to break that. I want people to be able to show off their website in full potential in 30 days. So I have a process where we have the 30 days planned out. Day one to 10, you get your content together. Sort out content, photographs, everything, and then give that to me. Then I work on the homepage get that approved and then once that's approved then the rest of the web pages come from that on day 30 everything's done and it's ready to go live if the client doesn't get their content together I'll just use sample text and sample images to put in there so they know where it goes but the idea is we want to get it live on that 30 days so that it's there and it's done and it's off your to-do list and it's been working really well I had lots of clients come on they've done the 30-day process and they've got a website that they're proud to show off rather than being embarrassed and not wanting to show anyone their their website thank you very much Liz so where can listeners go to connect with you (laughs) yeah so if you go to my website and it's bit2flash.co.uk forward slash website underscore in underscore a underscore flash i'm on instagram at bit2flash underscore website underscore designer and i'm also on facebook facebook forward slash bit2flash brilliant well thank you so much for your time today liz it's been great talking to you thank you it's been lovely speaking to you victoria visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.